from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Travis starts us off this hour in Toledo. Hi, Travis. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, I have a negative balance every month, and I'm kind of trying to figure out how to how to get positive again. Um, starting off kind of a little rough every single month after bills and everything. So your your bank account is negative every month, like you're yeah, overdrawn. It's, it's, um, yep, I'm uh, overdrawn. I actually almost on a weekly basis. Mm. Um, you know, I, it's funny that you talk about this. I literally just got off a webinar about this this very thing. And at the end of the day, it's probably boiling down to budgeting issues. Do you have a budget? Um, I've been working on trying to do one. I recently got the Every Dollar app uh, mm-hmm. premium uh, because it was able to track my stuff better. But yeah. I'm, I'm struggling like weekly with groceries. It's it's just with yeah. a family of five, it's hard to keep it under a certain amount. Okay, so I want you to not try to do the budget. I want you to actually do it. I want you to go in there, put the numbers in there. That's step one. You if and you, your wife. Yeah. Have you start? Have you actually filled out a budget for the month? Uh, no. No, I have not. I haven't been able to figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So that's step one. Matter of fact, um, I want you to go to everydollar.com slash budgeting when this call is over, and I want you to sign up for the next yeah. webinar. Because if the issue is, I've got it, is it, you know, is it I'm not I don't have time to do it or I'm not prioritizing the time to do it. I really want you to prioritize this t- the time. Sit down what with your wife tonight. Start looking at it. What's your take home pay? Uh, take home is about thirty six hundred a month. How much is your rent? Uh, the mortgage is five sixty a month. What's your car payment? Uh, car payment is a little high. It's four forty one a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. And five kids. Uh, three kids, wife that oh, is unable people. to work due to, yes, five people. Due, three due kids, to what? wife that is unable to work due to medical issues. What kind of medical issues? Uh, it's actually like a hereditary degenerative uh, disease where it's actually just getting worse as time goes on, too. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. How old are your kiddos? Uh, I got triplets, uh, four and a half years old. Okay. Wow. Okay. So consumer debt's kind of got me, you know. How much debt right do you have? Um, not including the cards, about 26000 Okay. Here's the thing. we got to start at the other end. Groceries don't catch the slack. Groceries are the thing. So we're going to start with this. 3600 at the top of the page. You follow me? Yes. Minus the important things first. The most important thing in your entire budget food you have the money to buy food you may not have the money to do some other stuff but you have the money to buy food period end of story okay so 3600 minus food what are y'all spending on food uh i try to keep it around 180 bucks a week but i mean it's usually 180 bucks to 220 how often do you eat out how often do you eat out um Maybe once a week, but it's just me for lunch when I'm unable to pack. I am going to a trade school at night. It's either lunch or dinner. I go three nights a week. Uh, um, okay. 
All right. So, so uh, if we take um, eight hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks for your budget for food, right? For a yep. month, for a month, that leaves us twenty nine hundred dollars. So you can buy food. Food's first. You got me. Yes. I don't care if you pay anybody else until you feed your family. You follow yes. me? All right. Second thing is we pay $550 for shelter. Done. Right? Yep. And then we pay the light bill and the water bill. So we're warm, we're fed, and we're dry. Yes. This is survival first. You following me? Yes. Uh, we may not keep this stupid car because it's freaking out of control. Mm-hmm. If we can't come up with a way to get it paid off soon, it's got to go. But for now, we're going to pay the car payment, too. Yeah, Food, shelter, clothing, transportation, and utilities are basic necessities of life. We call those the four walls. You do the four walls before you do anything else. Everyone else, and let me tell you who's at the bottom of the freaking list. Student loan. How big's a student loan? I don't have one. Good. You know who's right at the bottom next to them? Stupid credit card companies. Because you know what they can do if you don't pay them? Nothing except destroy your credit and sue you eventually eight years from now. But we're going to take care of them before we get there. Okay? They're at the bottom of the page. So let me just tell you, your emotional state and your sense of control over your destiny changes when your family is fed, the lights and water are paid, and the mortgage is paid, and... You, you are in a different place emotionally and spiritually. The rest of it's just a stupid game I'm behind on. Okay. But right now it feels like life or death because you've got groceries as the last thing, not the first thing. Yes. Like by the time I pay groceries, I'm overdraft. No. By the time you pay MasterCard, oh, wait, we're not going to go into overdraft, so we're not paying MasterCard. Screw them. Okay. For this month, and then we've got to adjust our income. Now, you've got to get your income up, dude. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to get your income up? It, it, it goes up progressively every uh, every six months as long as I keep up my uh, my apprenticeship and everything. So well, you you got you got six months of hell then ahead of you. Up. What are we going to do in the short term to get it up? Um, you're going to I trade mean, school I'm, three nights a week. What are we doing on those other nights? Because you're about to do some more work, dude. Your family's hungry. Homework and doing whatever I can. Yeah. Around the house, housework and everything. Yeah, you're going to probably not be doing as much of that. The laundry may pile up a little bit because you got to go make some money because 3600 bucks is tough. Mm-hmm. So the way you the way you get this straight side up is you first take care of necessities, and then, two, you get over the top of it, and we're going to cut expenses and add income, and that creates margin. And that will get you under control, Travis. So you, you do have a very tight, tight, tough situation. So something's got to go out of the expense lines and something's got to come up quickly in the income okay. side, because you know, it's, you know, it's not easy. You got a really nice low house payment. It's the best thing in this whole story right mm-hmm. now. So you got, you got a fixable situation, but the faster you get the income up and the outgo down, the faster the pain's going to leave. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. I was just nervous about missing credit card payments. And I, I want to give you permission to feed your children before you pay MasterCard. Yeah, I understand. Okay. When you get that straight in your head, all of a sudden it changes everything. Because mm-hmm. if everybody's fed and the lights are done and the water's paid and, and the house payment's paid, I mean, we live to fight another day. But if we pay MasterCard and then we don't have enough money to feed the triplets, dadgum, that's not fun. 
Been there, done that. That terrorizes your butt, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Been there, done that. Everydollar.com slash budgeting. Sign up for one of Jade's webinars. She'll walk you through what we just did. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Andy is in Bismarck, North Dakota. Hi, Andy. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave and Jane, how how y'all doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? Well, my question today is where do um, sinking funds land in the baby steps? Um, I guess I'm currently on baby step two. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have my emergency fund of $1,000. And, you know, I have a house and it's in need of no, a new washer, a new toilet. I mean, I'm I'm able to make buy. When you say you need it, okay, here's here's the way I think of it. In baby step two, I want all the money I can possibly to go towards my debt snowball, right? And so if I'm kind of packing it all away and sinking funds, it puts less to my snowball, so I'm moving slower. In my mind, and then you don't forget, you've still got the $1,000 saved. So mm-hmm. washer, dryer, what was the other thing you said? A toilet, um, a toilet. Toilet. If there's any way that you can kind of cash flow a quick quick repair on the toilet or just kind of keep things running, I would do that as opposed to packing away more money to, to replace the washer that hasn't even broken down yet. Does that make sense? That's what I would do. I would do no home repair sinking funds while you're in baby step two. Okay. I would just yeah, I would just like, cash flow what are cash flow emergencies. Mm-hmm. So if the okay. if the washer goes out, repair it or buy a different one used, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if the toilet right. goes out, call you know fix the toilet. Obviously, you got to have that thing running. So, uh, but I mean, you cash flow those emergencies only. Mm-hmm. Everything else waits until after. And you might be surprised okay. how so long. Like a flat tire that doesn't get me the work. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Flat tire, you can you can cash flow that or take that out of the thousand, then refund refund the thousand. Either mm-hmm. one. But yeah, right. we're not we're right. not doing a big car repair sinking fund. You don't need $3,000 in your car repair sinking fund where you got $10,000 in credit card debt. Exactly. And you might be surprised. Like, you know, the washer could go on for far longer than you thought. You know, the toilet could be working. Maybe it runs or maybe it doesn't, you know, do what you want it to do. But if it's getting the job done. I found like a hack on YouTube of all things that that makes it run, but it's not like super efficient. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. I I put a uh, a, a little black tar stuff on my roof where it was leaking. (laughs) <laughs> when I was in baby step two, oh, yeah. because it was running down through the light fixture and mm-hmm. dripping on the kitchen table and you know, the electricity water thing doesn't mix. So yeah, didn't think I wanted to keep doing that. So I just smeared some stuff up there that was about $8. And then I put the $6,000 roof on the house, which it desperately needed after we were done with baby step two. Well, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, I discovered you guys back in April and I really needed you all the most and, uh, um, got signed up for FPU and got the premium version of every dollar and well, thank man, you. that has helped me so much. I'm glad. That's great. Our money for the month, right? Well, now, I, uh, uh, I'll add one other thing because of the, the, the season that we're in. If you have family, you are going to do something for Christmas. You need to go mm-hmm. ahead and decide what that is and put that aside. Because mm-hmm. that one will sneak yeah. up on you and bite you. That's a good point, Dave. Okay, yeah, that's that's something we're going to do. Talk to him about it, and uh, you know, we we have a plan for him, and he's he's happy. I'm happy. 
Okay. So good. Made a, made a good deal. So, yeah, we'll take care of the I kiddos am, and especially the little ones. And, you know, a yeah. little a little something for each other is fine. That's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But we, we're not doing $3,000 Christmases when we're broke, people. Oh, so, no, you know, I mean, no it's, you're gonna, we're going to cut this down. We're going to have a plan. Yeah. And we need to set that aside so it doesn't sneak up on you and bite you. Because yeah. it's, it's much Christmas is much more fun if you do it with a plan. Absolutely. And, you know. Somehow people think chaos is, and is, helps your generosity. Oh, because they, they think that they want to just be able to go out and spend on a whim. And it's just like, I'm not, I think, it's not like coming from the heart if I'm doing it from a plan. What? It's like, no, you're being a child, not a grown-up if you're, you know. Yeah. Just, you know it is coming from the heart. Yeah, right? and you're probably going to get bigger, better gifts if you sit down and plan for it. Hello. Because you're going to have a plan. You're not going to just go, oh, that's on sale. That looks good. I'll get that. Seldom do you get the best price on impulse. That's a truth. You know, that's so a truth there you go. Statement. I mean. You make these dollars stretch, and we start laying out a Christmas budget. And um, I talked to my old friend Santa Claus, and he said the way to do a Christmas budget is make a list and check it twice. Mm-hmm. Then put a dollar amount beside each person. <laughs> so what you're so, saying? So you know, this is what I'm spending on. This is this is and and George George Camel and I were talking about this the other day, and he said, "So what's beside my name?" And I said, five dollars." He said, "So I'm a five dollar friend." Five dollars. Nothing actually is beside George's name technically. <laughs> I pay him a paycheck. He needs to just smile. But anyway, but the uh, but but seriously. But I mean, you know, he goes okay. So I can I can decide you're a five dollar friend or yeah. you're a twenty five dollar mother or you're a whatever, right? You just yeah. I'm sorry, but you are putting a value on which who's going to get what because you're going to spend more on certain family members than you're on others. Yeah, you should spend absolutely. more on the little kids than on you know the the uh, uncle that's generally drunk and not there anyway. You know, and, also, yes. and so on, right? So I mean, you it should be. It should be off, right? I think so. Well, that's your take on it. Do you want to know my take on yeah, it? Yeah, let's hear your take. Everybody has that person or those people that every year they feel obligation. Like, oh, I've got to get so-and-so a gift. Or, oh, if I don't get, she gets me something. If I don't get, I just say permission to say no. Yeah. And, you know, a preemptive no is a good idea. A too. preemptive no is a good hey, idea. Hey, you know what? I'm on a budget. I want to let you know. Please don't get me anything because I'm not getting you Yes. Anything. Just tell people. Changed it. Changed everything. Mic drop. Or do that thing where it's like uh, if you have a big family. We used to do this. You put everybody's name yeah, and yeah. everybody draws one name yeah, instead yeah. of getting, you know, gifts for everybody. 12 people and the cousins we and the did grandkids. That. We, were, and we were in bankruptcy. We went to Sharon's family. She's got five brothers and sisters, all married, all with kids. Oof. 13 grandkids on that side. Uh, what? Eight adults, 10 mm-hmm, adults. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mom and dad. And they're all great people. Yeah. But we went in at Thanksgiving. We went, hey, guys, uh, announcement. We're broke. Yep. Uh, we're not buying everybody gifts this year. Mm hmm. We are opting to draw names. Hope you'll draw one with us. Yep. And they went, yes, we all hate it. Let's change oh, it. That's good. And there, it was like waiting on somebody to first say it. Now, we did take the little kids, all the little kid, yeah. grandkids that were under a certain age, they could just stay in the general, right. general gift pool. But the adults, oh. you know, you buy your brother in law a tie. I mean, come on. Well, that worked out good for you because I had some family members who will rename, remain nameless. Who were like, oh, you're ruining it. You're ruining it you're for ruining everybody. Christmas. You're messing up Christmas. And I was like, no, I'm not. You don't look like the Grinch. No. You just don't look like I'm it. not a real Grinch, but when it's time to get debt free and when it's time to lay out those boundaries, it's then just, it's adult, I will be. Listen, adulthood is different from Grinching. That's right. Grinching is you're just tight-fisted for no apparent, apparent reason. And you end up buying, let's be honest, when you don't have the money to spend and you feel like you have to stretch and buy everybody something, you end up giving crappy gifts. That's true. Let's be honest about that. I'd rather give one or two really nice gifts for the people who should be on the list 
than stretching myself thin and getting everybody a five dollar gift that I got at I don't know. So the you dollar can go store. ahead. I mean, this is it's early to talk about this, but you need to plan it. So let's make a list, check it twice, put a dollar amount beside it, total up the dollar amount. That's your Christmas budget. If there you don't you like your Christmas budget, go back and lower the dollar amounts mm-hmm. or take some people off the list. Yep. And then just give them the old uh, list notification removal thing. Or yeah, or you could <laughs> I love this. This is me. I do the cheapest. I will go in the kitchen and I will bake cookies. Bake you a cookie. And I will put them in a nice little tin and it's about So you're not even a $5 friend, you're just a cookie friend. I'm a cookie friend. That's right. <laughs> People love that. People love things that you can eat. I'd rather, oh, I'd rather have saying. it than the $5. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> Look, no one wants another bad smelling candle. Oh, no God. one wants another soap with a ribbon on it that you're never going to use. Oh, that's the guest soap. Nobody wants that. <laughs> they don't I, want a candle. I can't tell you how when we moved, how many I got in one cabinet and I opened it up and I'm like, Sharon. <laughs> and she said, they're all gifts. And I'm like, this is the number of scented candles that were in the Ramsey house that had never been lit. Yeah. It was like we had a collection of every brand and every scent. Mm-hmm. We could have opened our own little store. Yep. And um, <laughs> I was just disgusted and t- I should have sold them or something, but I just tossed them. Yeah. It was just like, God, this is just disgusting. It's like, what yes no more no more my my friends the minimalists would have been happy with me i just chunked the candles yeah just toss them out too many things that don't bring what's the other lady don't bring me joy right that's right marie 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 kondo yeah this is the ramsey show fake it till you make it it's popular career advice but it doesn't work for very long if you don't love what you do you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Once the kids are back in school, it's hard to find time for home maintenance, but Neighborly is your source for home repair experts like Precision Door Service, Dryer Vent Wizard. Download the Neighborly app today to be ready for all seasons. All right. Today's question comes from Tim in Louisiana. He says, I have about $56,000 in credit card debt. I'm being sued by one of my creditors for two credit cards totaling $30,000. The other credit card is one month late and another two months late. I lost my full-time job in January of 2022 due to medical issues. My income at the moment is $1,800 per month. I'm currently interviewing for a full-time job. I do not have the funds to afford a lawyer to litigate the cases. Neither do I have the money for a lump sum. The lawyers I've contacted recommended Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Do you have any suggestions? 
Man, oh man, uh, you know, you've got a tough situation. You've got the $56,000 in credit card debt and to make it worse, you already knew it was bad, but now they're suing you and you feel like you're under the gun and, you know, you're feeling forced to make a lot of changes right now in the moment. Um, I'm not in your shoes, but if I were, I would really just take your time and just take a deep breath for a moment because yeah, you're being sued, but nothing is happening today. Like in this moment, they're not coming to get you. They're not throwing you in jail. So you've got a couple of things hopeful that are taking place. You've got a full-time job interview that's around the corner. That's good. I want you to keep applying to other places because I want you to have a couple of job interviews coming up in case one of them doesn't pan out. So right now, thing one is let's get money coming in. Keep applying for jobs. Keep interviewing because once you get money coming in, suddenly you're going to be able to go, okay, I have options. (laughs) I can start to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I would not pay a lawyer yet. I would, A1, get income in, get your job coming up. It says you had a medical issue, but it sounds like it was kind of a one-off thing considering that you're interviewing for full-time jobs again. So yeah, I'm not gonna hire a lawyer just yet. I am not going to fire file for bankruptcy just yet. Uh, you didn't say what you were making before and what you plan on making in the future. Let's pretend that it's somewhere around the median income. Let's re- pretend it's somewhere between 50 and 67,000. If that's the boat, if that's where you're going to be, you're going to be just fine. And it's going to take you around average, like the folks that we talk to every day, it's probably going to take you around two, two and a half years to pay this off. And then this is going to be something that was in your rear view. You got in a really scary situation. You climbed your way out. You were patient. You didn't freak out just because you're getting letters and notices and the, they're supposed they're trying to freak you out. They want you freaked out. Jade's exactly right. Um, okay, they've sued you a hundred percent of the time you're gonna lose the lawsuit. Because it's not based on whether you're a good person, it's based on you had a bill to pay and you didn't pay it. You lose. Mm-hmm. You can hire a lawyer if you want to hire a lawyer, but it's a waste of money you still lose. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose the lawsuit. Okay. Then you're going to have what's called a judgment. And then if they decide to execute on the judgment, that will be anywhere from two years or two months from now to never. Okay. It typically is never with credit card companies, but if they decide to execute on it, that is when they would garnish your wages. And that's a minimum of two months from the date of the court date when you lose the lawsuit. Okay, so the judgment is final on the court date, or it's final 30 days later, depending on the state that you're in. And then after that, they can sit another 30 days and wait. And if you don't do anything, the fact that you've gotten a judgment against you, then they can execute on the judgment, which would they be able to scarf a bank account? They would be able to put a lien on your home. In some states, they would be able to uh, garnish your wages. And that's executing on a judgment. Again, nine out of ten times, credit card companies don't do that ever. They just take the judgment lien, and it's sitting there, and then someday you wake up and you're able to pay, and you call them back and you work out a deal, which is actually what's going to happen here. My point is this is going to drag out um, long enough that you should get your income back up. You should have already done that. By now, you're late. Well, yeah, I, and so let's get with it. Let's get that income back up. And as, as Jade said, now, when the income comes up, call the attorney that took the judgment lien and negotiate a settlement plan, a lump sum. I owe you $30,000, uh, or I owe you 15 and 15. Um, I can pay you 20 cents on the dollar for that in a lump sum. 
And if you saved up 5000 bucks, you can probably settle that $30,000 judgment lien with them on a credit card debt. So you save up the money and you settle the debt and then you move on with your life. But you got to get your income up to be able to do all this. 1800 bucks a year after you got after you lost the job due to medical. Um, if your medical, if your health is recovered, you need to get back to work hardcore, like six jobs by the end of the week and 16 more places to apply for full-time work. Well, he's only working part-time. He's only making $1,800 a month. That means before, like, it doesn't matter what happens with these interviews. You need to be getting something else tomorrow. Like yeah, you can you work be, at you McDonald's. Working, you need to be working 80 hours a week. Yeah. You can work at McDonald's and make yeah. more than that working full-time. Yeah, you can work at UPS is hiring. Uh, FedEx is hiring for the for the Christmas rush. Yes. Everybody's hiring. It's $20 an hour. Yeah. It's a lot more than 1800 bucks. 22 and some so of them. You go, go to work is a great place to go when you're broke to work. And that's where you're, that's your deal. You're going to have to create some income. And then when you create that income, you'll be able to settle this judgment in a lump sum settlement mm-hmm. with the attorney in writing long before they get around to executing on the judgment that is going to occur. You're going to have a judgment. You're going to yeah. lose the lawsuit. Yeah. It's not even worth hiring. Don't hire a lawyer. Don't hire a lawyer. It's a waste of money and you're not bankrupt. You just don't have an income. Mm-hmm. That's you can exactly. solve all of this for 10 or 15,000 bucks. Yeah. And so go get a lot of income, stack mm-hmm. some cash, and clean this up. You're not bankrupt. You don't have an income. Mm-hmm. Bankruptcy court does not create income, people. It doesn't take 1800 and make it livable. It's not livable. That's not a living wage. And that's what I want to camp out just for a little bit longer. Something tells me, I, I, I assumed before that maybe he was making somewhere around median income but i don't think so because if you're racking up fifty six thousand in credit card debt it's because you're most likely i'm not saying he is but you might be using credit cards to float a low core income it could be it could be and it, and it could be just straight up what a lot of people did like i did it was just irresponsible yeah that's true so i mean i don't, I don't know but either way stacking cash solves it that's fine and so go make the most money you've ever made in your life by working the most hours you've ever worked in your life consecutively. Don't worry. You won't die from overwork. Right before you die, you'll pass out. Don't worry about it. Go to work. Go work your tail end off and create some money. And I've done it. Jade's done it. Uh, we're neither one of us afraid to do anything that is legal and moral mm-hmm. to go make money. We've both done it. And it's what it takes to get your family and your situation out of a ditch, man. Rebecca's in Philadelphia. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? So I have a little bit of a, it's not an issue. It's more of a blessing, I guess. Um, I started the business in 2020, um, and I have about $2 million in the bank. Um, a single I hate mom, it when that happens. Single mom, my, <laughs> single mom my whole life, um, scrapes by, and this is all new to me. Did you sell um, the business? Did, no, I'm still, it's still going. You're what just, you're still just, you're just making it. bank. Wow. What kind of business is it? Well, I hate to no, don't, say don't. it, but it's, it's, no, 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 no. It's not that way. It's just due to COVID. Um, the COVID vaccines, I do billing for doctor's offices. Hmm. So all these all these vaccines, what we do is we do the medical billing and we take a percentage of their revenue. Yeah, of course. So you with do. the pandemic being sick, um, it the blew up. No, sp- no pun intended. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no pun intended. Okay, so so, so um, the, the, number one, this is probably not going to be the rest of your life. No. Okay, so you you need to be looking at your business model on what I can do to. Um, diversify my sources of income because this one's not forever agreed agree and i'm not 
old. I'm not anywhere near retirement age. And yeah, but I'm just saying, if you're going to run a business, let's run it with a model that accepts that this is not the future. Then the second thing is what to do with the 2.1 million. Way to go! Hey, we want to give you Financial Peace University. We'll show you with the baby steps exactly what to do with it. We're going to pay off your house. We're going to pay off all your debt. Uh, We're going to enjoy some of it. We're going to be generous with some of it. We're going to invest some of it for the future. And we'll show you how to do every bit of that for free. Our gift to you to say, way to go! I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Thank you for joining us, America. Appreciate you joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Kaylin is with us in Las Vegas. Hi, Kaylin. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Um, So I'm trying to decide if I should go back to school for my bachelor's degree. I have an associate currently. Or if I should pay down a home renovation loan that my husband and I took out what's making you decide to go back to school? Like, what's the purpose in that? So um, to give you guys a little bit of background, uh, we followed the baby steps, um, skipping number five because we didn't have children at the time, and we were able to get to number six and pay off our home. Mm -hmm. Um, So we decided to basically put our entire life of having kids on hold until then. Um, once we paid off our home, timing worked out kind of perfectly because we're both obsessive planners. We had our daughter and that was last year. So it was a total of $127,000 in 30 months total that we paid off. Okay. We had her and I quit my job. Um, I have an associate's degree, but I wasn't using it. I was just working dead end at admin jobs and okay. I've been looking for my calling for some time and I feel like I've found it mm-hmm. in front end developing, but I want to have that degree and be able to make more money for my family. And you don't need a four year right degree now, to be a front end developer. Fair enough. But through, through talking through my community of people that I know who, who do work in this field, they said it, it gives you the option to be picky basically. Bullcrap. Whereas if you Bullcrap. go to a, you don't buy it. Okay. No, I, I, I got, <laughs> well, I got 400 folks working in our tech team. I got front end developers, back end developers, platform architect people all over this building. Almost none of them have a four year degree. And believe okay. me, getting on at Ramsey's hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet. Um, so the, I guess in that case, you guys don't think I should go to school at all for this because it's going to cost sixteen to eighteen thousand dollars. Well, for my degree to be finished, I and think you should right get now. 
I think you should get the certification you need to do the job you want to do. But to echo what Dave said, it's not necessarily a four-year degree. Maybe it's another program specifically designed for that work. You may need to get some of your Microsoft search. You may need to do some code school. Mm -hmm. And code school could be as much Mm -hmm. as 10 grand. But uh, if if you're not up on your skills. And that's kind of what I'm, obviously that is a path I definitely can pursue. I just, I'm oh, You You have to do that anyway, because a four-year degree doesn't teach you to write code. And yes, you can't be a front-end developer yes. if you can't write code. And whatever you learn in your four-year degree is going to be, it's going to be changed. You know, that, that, that field is constantly changing and you're constantly having to update your education. Yeah. If your goal Most is to definitely. write code, you've got to learn to write code. My, my biggest concern that I'm having, though, is I'm working part-time from home remote mm-hmm. and taking care of our daughter. I'm not able to produce a full salary right now. And we do have our house paid off. We've, we don't have any debt, literally Look, none, other than the renovation loan. How much is so the renovation loan? I don't know loan? if I should. Uh, $80,000. Okay. And we, we do have the ability to pay it over time. Obviously, we don't want to do that. Because what does your husband make? Being higher. Uh, 80000 Okay. I would just put that at your and baby. I would, you know, that's the only debt you have. It's a mortgage on your house. Mm-hmm. I would call that your baby step six. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. yeah, I'm going to school and I'm going to pay cash for school um, because that's what you want to do. But I am challenging strongly your presuppositions. I think you're wrong. I agree. Okay. I mean, I, I got a bunch of what you're talking about working here. And I, and I hired them. I mean, I didn't personally hire them, but I, the leadership team that that I lead hired them. And, uh, you know, I've got a whole building full of tech people. Half our dead gum product line, three-quarters of our product line is digital. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just it's part of what we do every day here. I mean, think about what it takes just to support every dollar, if nothing else. The number of front-end, back-end, creatives, everything else on that is incredible. Yeah. So, um, the uh, but you know, and, you know, we support Bethel Tech because for ten grand you can learn to write code. You can come out of there. You're a Dev 1 or Dev 2 coming out the door of that place. And it's 10 grand mm-hmm. if you want to write code. Now, if you want to be a CTO, you may want to be a four-year degree. If you want to specialize in web security and you want to learn all the different nuances of that, that's not code. That's not a front-end developer. Then you might want a four-year degree. Information systems is not a bad degree, but it is not necessary to write front-end, back-end code uh, or, or to be proficient in uh, Ruby on Rails or whatever it is you're, the people you're working with are writing in. And so... Um, you know, that's what matters is can you, can you write the code that makes the thing dance? And, and that's syntax. That's all that is. And, and it's a process to learn, like learning another language. And um, so now you know everything I know about it, which is almost nothing. But, but I, I do write the checks for these people's pay. And, <laughs> and I do know that we don't require them to have a four-year degree. And we went, oh, we're going to select you. You're not real good at code, but you have a four-year degree mm. over the guy who can write code so fast it makes your eyes cross. No. Yeah. We're going with the you know the Dev 3 over your dadgum four-year degree every stinking time with proven code skills. Yeah. Our, our career coach, Ken Coleman, talks about that all the time, and he'd probably suggest you go to Bethletech.com slash Ken Coleman and see what they offer. It's not your typical four-year degree program. No. And it's just what probably just what she's looking for. So yeah. Again, it, if your goal is what you said, to be front-end, you do not – I'm just 100% sure. I'm an employer of a bunch of them, again, that, that you don't need that. Yeah. But if you've got a different goal that's nuanced in, I want to enter through the front-end developer, mm-hmm. then, you know, okay, you might need to have that information systems four-year degree. It, it gives you – it doesn't even give you the – 
permission to play. It's not table stakes. It's just um, knowledge base. It sure. gives you it gives you because knowledge is the currency you're after. And you know what? That's a good jumping off point. Let's just do a Dave Jade rant here. Uh, the student <laughs> whole student loan debacle Don't is out there, and it's not her. She's not doing this at all. But this one of the things we've discovered in, in fighting against these student loans and they're restarting and everything else is the core issue is that Americans got lied to for the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. We told our every generation that you had to get a college degree to be successful. That was born in, and of course that's bull crap. Absolutely. Okay? That was born, and any college degree will make you successful. You can get a degree in left-handed puppetry, German polka history, and then America owes you a living. No, they don't. You're going to be a barista. Yeah. Okay? That's dumb. So don't go get a stupid, useless degree. Well, shame, shame, on, shame on parents and shame on guidance counselors for making things like community college yeah. and, the, and the trades seem like a lower option, right? Exactly. Because when I was in school, if you said you were, back then it was called Vol State. If you said you were going to Vol State, people looked at you and went, oh. You just didn't make the you're big going, team. Oh, you're on the junior pro. Look at that. And, and a yeah. lot of that, parents, a lot of that is parents wanting to be able to say, my kid goes to Berkeley College of Music. My kid goes to FSU. My kid go like, we get a lot of pride out of that. And at what cost? Yeah, a lot. So the thing that, that was, the, the problem was the lie, like so many good lies, mm-hmm. was based in 98% truth. Yeah. Get a college degree and you'll be more successful. Mm-hmm. So that's a lie. But the 98% truth that's inside of that is get more knowledge. That's right. Yeah, knowledge is the currency of the culture. And in her case, knowledge is her currency. Mm-hmm. It's not the degree. Yeah. It's not permission to play. It's not you can be more picky. It's knowledge. And it, knowledge, no, knowledge doesn't end. Always getting knowledge. The rest of your life exactly. is mandatory. Exactly. But we have this thing of I get my four-year degree and I'm done. And I'll watch Netflix the rest of my life. Yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. No. And you know everything about Tiger King and nothing else. So, no, you, continuous learning, the, continually gath, the continuous gathering of knowledge, knowledge is the currency of successful people. Mm-hmm. You can spend knowledge and become successful. More knowledge in the proper way that has use to the society creates more financial and societal success, yeah. relational success. So gather knowledge. Don't gather degrees. Some That's people right. gather more degrees than a thermometer, and they have no knowledge. Mm-hmm. Worse than that, they have no wisdom. And, <laughs> and then they're useless to the culture. Yeah. And $260,000 in, $280 million in credit card debt, student loan debt. Yeah. So... And, and try to get the knowledge that people care about that you and, can monetize. And, and in, her, in her case, get the knowledge that causes you to get the job you right. want. Right. And make sure you're getting the right thing, because that's another one of those pieces of the lie. Mm-hmm. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual, amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Allison is with us in Salt Lake City. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to speak with you guys. You too. What's up? 
Uh, my question is about sinking funds and logistically, where do you keep that money that you are setting aside for big ticket items? Do you keep it all in your checking account or do you have like 10 different little savings accounts? I would not do 10 different savings accounts or keep it with my normal checking account balance. You could do it one of two ways. You could either pull it out and put it in cash envelopes and just kind of have those, put them in your safe or put them, you know, wherever you keep safe money in the house. Or um, I'll be honest, I like to do my savings accounts in online banks. And a lot of them, the one I use, you can kind of have one account, but you can drop it into different buckets. And so let's say you've got, you know, you've saved up $10,000 and you've got 2,000 of it is a new lawnmower and 3,000 of it, you know, you can name it off in buckets so you can see. And whenever you automate money over there, you can let it, you know, go into whatever bucket for your uh, sinking fund that it needs to go into. So that's how I do it. Yeah, we, we keep two accounts for purposes of this. One is for your emergency fund. It should be completely separate and disconnected from everything. Mm-hmm. No uh, auto overdraft protection on your emergency fund. No ATM access on your emergency fund. You don't have real-life emergencies that are instant. You do have real-life impulses that are instant. So you keep your emergency fund where it's hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Then I kept a separate checking account. And then, like Jade said, I just keep buckets on it. Uh, there's actually a form in the, if you wanted to use old-fashioned paper forms there's a form in the back of the total money makeover book called the breakdown of savings form and all that is is just like okay there's ten thousand dollars in this miscellaneous sinking fund savings account that's not emergencies okay and of that five thousand dollars is the car two thousand dollars is furniture replacement and a thousand dollars is christmas and it adds up to ten thousand dollars you see what i'm doing so it's it's just like she said it's bucketed out uh, and it's a separate account. If you said you said large ticket items, I would use a bank. I wouldn't use envelopes on large ticket items. If you got something that's a couple hundred bucks here or there, yeah, yeah. envelopes are great for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're just saying maybe when I'm doing my budget, if I say, all right, we've got a total of $700 that we're putting into various thinking funds, mm-hmm. let me send that $700 to a totally separate online bank. Because I know my little local bank that I use, it's like really high maintenance to go in and set up different yeah. accounts. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, you find, find one that's not high maintenance, it. find one that's got the bucket feature to it, like mm-hmm. she's talking about. It just makes it easier. But if you want to just, it's, it's a scratch pad. It's 10 items. Yeah. I mean, how many people, how many different sinking funds are going to be combined there? Well, I don't know. It depends on how. Well, I mean, you're not going to do like $50 ones. $50 ones are going in a envelope. I'm not going to screw with it for that. What you could do, this is what you could do. Do you have every dollar? Um, I have, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been binge listening lately and I've been motivated to budget, which is what is getting me started on this. I'm currently be- like dating. The reason I say that is because let's say you have $700 that that's your extra that's going towards various seeking funds. In essence, it's going to one account, but on every dollar you can create a separate fund for each of them. And that'll keep track of how much you have going to a you know car repair, how much you have going towards a new sink, how much you have. It'll keep track of it monthly. That way you don't have to fool with the bank to do that. You don't have to have it on paper. It's there within your budget. And well, then but where would the money physically be sitting? It's physically be going, it'll physically go to whatever savings account you set up. Okay, whether so that's, you would have to set up a savings yeah, account. Yeah, whether that's... Yeah. A either separate way. savings account for my emergency fund. Yeah, yeah. but if yeah. you yeah. want to be able to, if yeah. you be able to see at a has- glance... If you want to be able to see at a glance, how much do I have for the washer? How much do I have for the new car? 
you'll be able to see that on every dollar because it'll keep that running total in your fund. Yeah, it'll help you. It'll, it'll give you sinking fund totals. It gives you the breakdown of savings. Yeah. And so, but if you, you, need, you, know, you it's preferable and the easiest to have a, a savings account that you can attach to your checking account, mm-hmm. move the money from your checking account, that $700 into there, and then bucket it, mm-hmm. $50 to that, $100 to that, $150 to that. And every dollar will help you keep that breakdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I would jump in and use that. That's one of the every dollar is just so robust. It'll help you get this done. Mm-hmm. All right, Stacy's with us in Los Angeles. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So my husband and I were in baby steps four, five, and six, and we would like to know if it would be unwise to sell our house to move or sell our house and downsize into a condo to be in a better area. What would be unwise about that? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I've always lived in this area where we're at. And so jumping from this city to the next, it just seems, I don't know. We've just never done it. So is it the city um, aspect or that you're going to a smaller home? No, it's the city aspect. Okay. So right now where we live, we love our house, we love our school, but once you leave our house, (laughs) um, you know, we're driving down a road and we're, you know, to get to my daughter's gymnastics, we drive by a strip club and the homeless situation is getting kind of out of control and we just kind of want to be in an area eventually um, where, you know, it's new and safe and i i just i you want to live you know, in a better neighborhood i don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that what's wrong with that is that i just i just wasn't sure if i'm just you know not being grateful or content i also want to know if i'm just have one of these crazy ideas again or should we just stay put well are you are you downsizing contentment? are you spending yeah, less money down- and getting less home so it would be downsizing mortgage wise we would like to stay in the 25 percent of our take home pay. Um, so we would have to downsize into a condo. And that's what the part, is that dumb? <laughs> is that dumb to do when you're living in a home with a good school, but everything else around you is kind of. Uh, well, let me help you. If everything else around there is gone, then pretty soon the school is going to go too. That's right. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, here, that's reality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably what's going to happen. It kind of seems like you have in your mind this picture of what life is supposed to look like, and you're going in another direction. You're going, no, this this is what happiness looks like for us. Happiness for us is being in this area. It doesn't matter what the size house is. It doesn't matter. These are the things that make us happy, and it sounds like you're kind of butting that up against what culture has told you. And I think that if you've decided, hey, you're fine living in a smaller residence, that's your prerogative. I grew, in a I grew up in a 1,000 square foot home. I'm not mad at my parents. I wasn't abused or mistreated, but I'm not required to live in a 1,000 square foot home in order to not be a snob. I cannot be a snob and live in a big butt house. Mm-hmm. It's a, the size of your house doesn't determine whether you're a snob. Yeah. You're not being ungrateful. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. 
Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Graham is in Boston. Hi, Graham. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thanks so much, Dave and Jade. We, uh, it's really an honor to speak with both of you. We've been listening and, uh, you know, on your program for the last 20 years. Um, we paid off, uh, you know, $201,000 in 18 months as a result. And just thank you so much. My question has to do with my, my wife and I are considering uh, going onto the missions field, and we're very curious your, your guidance and counsel on how we should prepare financially for that. Okay. How prepared are you financially for that? Well, we're, we're in baby steps four, five, and six. Um, we currently have about a, an annual salary of about two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars, um, and we're not sure the timing of when we would go. So we're just curious about what we should be looking to try and do before we we end up going on the field. Okay, is the timing sooner or later? You're talking about ten years from now uh, when the kids are grown and gone. You're talking about uh, you've established. A, a net worth and you'll live out of that instead of raising funds or are you talking about 10 months from now? No, we're probably looking more towards five to 10 years from now. Okay. All right. That helps set the table. So you make really good money in what field? Um, my wife, um, works for the government and, and I work as a management consulting for, uh, uh, just a big firm. Okay. So based on your projections, where will you be? Uh, you, you should have the house paid off and have a pretty substantial net worth in five to 10 years. Shouldn't you? That that's the plan. Yep. We, we currently have about a $500,000 net worth, but yeah, yeah, we would be looking to try and do that. Yeah. I mean, you would fit your four five and six. So you'd pay off the house and, um, it hypothetical, if you're going to stay on the mission field, you're not going to need the house. So that would add to the pile of money that you would live out of. So, um, I mean, the way I view it, and, and there's a, a, a vast array of views on missionary work and how it's funded around Christianity, for sure. Uh, the way I look at this whole thing is pretty simplistically, I don't own anything. I am a Christian. God owns it. I manage it for him. If he's asking me to go on the mission field and use his money to do that, boom, I'm doing it. Facts. Okay? And so... Whatever pile of money I have or assets I have are for his use, and if you determine his use in your call life is a call to the mission field for a number of years, then if you're going to be there three or four years, you're going to sell your house. Well, I wanted to ask that question. How long do you foresee doing this? Well, I mean, we'll we'll go until the Lord calls us to, to yeah. not, but I mean, we're we're also not entirely sure if we'd go support raising. You only try to start a business, you know, and, and try to prepare. And so that may add in what, what sort of capital we want to raise prior to going, but, yeah. but let's pretend you got a million and a half dollars with a paid off, including a paid off house just for the fun of it, which is possible making two fifty, Okay. in five to 10 years. All right. If you had that just in a pile in a mutual fund and it makes 10%, it makes $150,000 a year. 
you're, you're, you're self-funded in perpetuation. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I guess part of my, our question is my wife's parents, you know, served on the field for 20, 22, 25 years, you know, as we prepare to potentially have to support them with their limited retirement options, should we add that calculation in? Like, should we be trying to set aside to help them? Or, I mean, I know that's part of the overall picture, and, but I mean, that, that's sort of a, how do we think about there's going to be a need to potentially have that additional expense that we have to take care of as well? Well, you're, you're supporting two missionaries, one that didn't have support and you. Yeah. And so now we're supporting two families out of this 150000 And I guess that depends on how you want to live on the field and where, which country you're in, what the lifestyle entails. And what they need I mean, and, living and, back here. You know, and what they need. But, I mean, if... If you can live on 75 and they can live on 75 and your nest eggs create 150, you're still in perpetuation. Agreed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that I mean, that, that's the way where you just work it out and go, okay, what does mom and dad need? I'll guarantee you they're not used to living very high on the hog. Agreed? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, they, so, they, they were in They East probably Africa, don't have so. <laughs> hugely opulent expectations. These are probably wonderfully modest, humble people. That's correct. They yeah, are. Yeah. And if, and depending on which area of the world you're in, your cost of living may be Zippo, you know? Yeah. It may not be much. I don't know how, what, whether you're talking about, I don't know what country you're talking about, a developing country or whatever, but uh, you can live in some areas of the world for little or nothing because, the, you know, they just, there's not much there. And so, um, you know, 75,000 would be living like 200,000 in the States in a lot of areas. Agreed. Yeah, it, it does make sense. I guess the, the question is if we wanted to raise capital to start a business, right? Should well, we be start a business on the mission field? On the mission field, yes, to be yeah. very clear, yeah. Now, then in addition to you supporting, you ask about raising your family, then you ask about mm-hmm. not only taking care of your family, but in addition to that, taking care of your in laws. And now we're going to start a business. So we're, you know, the more of this we need, we need more money. If you're going to go over there and say, I want to create some self sustaining works. Uh, by helping the people I'm working with not only meet Christ, but also build a an economic model that they can support themselves going forward instead of living off of uh, donations from the states the rest of generationally, right? I want to love the idea of sustainable works. Then, then you got to figure out how we're going to fund that. That's a third bucket. Do we do we raise money on outside, or do we have five million dollars saved, and we're going to put a million dollars into that, and we're going to use the other? You know, I don't know how much you can save between now and the time you go, but um, at the point that your nest egg no longer will take care of you and your in-laws because you put it into that, then I start to question the wisdom of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do know that God said, take care of your own household first, or you're worse than an unbeliever. That's in his word. And so for your, not, for your kids, your family's needs not to be met reasonably while you go do something else is not scriptural. Uh, so... We're going, to, we're going to do it now. I'm, again, I, you don't have to live in a, you know, the the biggest house in town or anything like that. That's not the point. But uh, but needs being met. I'm going to take care of my own household. The kids are going to be fed. My wife's going to, you know, have reasonable care and so on uh, with the numbers that we're talking about. And then we're going to take care of the in laws. And then if there's money left, you can uh, start creating su- some sustainable works. And I like every bit of that. I think all of those things are not only honorable, moral, but I think they're excellent from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. All of this is the key word here is money and prioritizing it in order of importance and then 
once you've gone down the list, you can determine what it sounds like the sustainable works is at the bottom. And then that's going to determine what that looks like. You might not be able to do, you know, a million dollar project, but whatever your budget decides. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from a generosity perspective, uh, a good sustainable work is the easiest to raise money for Mm -hmm. because people that have money like putting it into something that it doesn't just go down a black hole. That's right. And you never see it again. Yeah. We want to create a sustainable environment. Yeah. Uh, where the folks are, are, you know, if I can buy someone a cow and it feeds their family forever, mm-hmm. I'd rather do that than buy them a case of milk. That's right. You know? Yeah. And so that, that kind of a thing as a generosity move, when you're raising money from people of means, right, which is where you're going to raise money from broke people don't have any money to give. So, you know, then they're going to like the sustainability idea. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Ramsey family foundation has invested in that mm-hmm. several times. I mean, we've, bought rice fields yeah, uh, so that they fish. create feeds families for generations then mm-hmm. in the name mm-hmm. of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. we bought, we have bought cows mm-hmm. and, uh, in those situations. And so, yeah. but all through someone like a Graham who's on the ground guiding that mm-hmm. and drilling wells creates exactly. sustainability. That's right. Uh, that's another sustainable move. You know, that kind of a thing, uh, again, versus just sending buckets of water, yeah. so to speak. So that, that, People love to give to those kinds of things. So it's easier to raise money to get partners to come alongside, easier come alongside you to do that than to um, do the other things. And all of that can be a part of, obviously, the evangelistic move as well. And they've got 10 years to set this all up, it sounds like. That's a lot of time. Yeah, I think you just got to keep your priorities straight. If it gets all jumbled in your head, which comes first, and you don't force rank it, you'll mess it up. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Just nine days before the money and marriage getaway here in Nashville, Rachel Cruz, Dr. John Deloney will be doing three days with you in every detail of marriage, including money. Money and marriage, every detail of money, including marriage. There you go. It's all going to be there. (laughs) And with those two, it'll be fun. Uh, They're funny. And uh, they're entertaining, and they're very bright, and it's going to be a great weekend. It's $799. It's the entire weekend spent here on our campus. We're going to walk you through a whole bunch of different exercises. You're going to leave with your marriage strengthened uh, in ways you never even dreamed. October 19th through the 21st. More at RamseySolutions.com slash events. Travis and Brianna are with us on the debt-free stage right here in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Hey, Dave. We're doing great. Welcome. Where do you live? We live in Dawson Springs, Kentucky. It's just a little north of Hopkinsville. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, welcome to Nashville. Good to have you. And all the way down here, what's it, probably hour and a half drive or so? Roughly, give yeah. Give or take, yeah. And uh, to do a debt-free scream, how much have you paid off? We have paid off $77,500. Wahoo! Way to go! Thanks. How long did that take? It took two years. Two years. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? It was $72,000 up to about 128000 Nice jump in two years. So uh, what do you guys do for a living? Uh, I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm an electrical engineer. All right. Very cool. So what cost your income to almost double in two years? So we actually just picked up a lot of side hustles. So um, with me being... A lot. Yeah. (laughs) We picked up uh, those. So I started tutoring, uh, peer tutoring at my college. Um, I'm working on my bachelor's degree. So Mm -hmm. that was an opportunity for me. And then picked up some substitute teaching 
Um, and then Travis had a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did um, some site engineering mm-hmm. um, outside my day job, and then mm-hmm. and then I also did uh, some some residential house wiring. I did uh, mowing yards. I did uh, piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, flip stuff on eBay, Facebook Marketplace. Okay. Just a, a, several things. Not much time to sleep in all that. No. You I guys mean, those crazy. <laughs> those I side hustles it. sound like a full-time job. I mean, that's literally the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what you make as a peer uh, uh, tutor? Um, it was just about $13 an hour. Mm-hmm. They only let you work so many hours a week because mm-hmm. there's so many peer tutors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was about $13 an hour. Just okay, extra. so out of all those different side hustles that both of you did, I bet the engineering probably what made the most, right, per hour. Right. Yeah, and then what was the next best one? Uh, mowing yards is great. Yeah, um, it is. It's real good money. Mower. Yeah, good money. Good. Very cool. What kind of debt was the seventy-eight thousand? It was just our house. You paid Ooh. off your house. Look at it, weird people. <laughs> look, well, at look at that. this house. Wow. I just popped it up on YouTube. Nice. God, how many Beautiful. acres have you got? It's about two acres. Uh, nice. A lot to mow. Man. Speaking of yard cutting, right. Yeah. Look at you, this man. This just got even better. Yeah, what a <laughs> yes. beautiful place. How long have you two been married? About five years. It Way was to go. Five What's years, that house worth? Around 200000 Look at you. Man, that's fun. How old are you two? I'm 23. I'm 29. And their house is paid for. Did you see that house? I saw it. <laughs> so weird. I saw it. I'm shook. Yeah, these, are, these people are weird. I love it. <laughs> I love weird people. Way to go, you guys. Thank you. Man, normal's broken America, and y'all ain't. I like it. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, you've been married five years, but you've been on this journey to knock off the house for two years. Tell mm-hmm. us the story. How did you get connected to Ramsey? What what caused all this to happen? So um, Travis actually worked at um, a previous plant, and one of his coworkers actually told him to start watching the Ramsey YouTube videos. And around then, we also had our daughter, Eliana. So she is almost three years old in January and i was pregnant and then his plant actually shut down so with it being the shutdown and then covid and all of the things we were just a little bit more stressed than usual Mm -hmm. so watching those youtube videos it just kind of got us wanting to do more than just Uh being ramsey ish for the first couple years of our marriage and we started actually like picking up the pace and getting on a budget and all those things that we needed to do Way wow. to go. Wow. Yeah. I mean, COVID, plant shutdown, pregnancy, all these things will wake you up. Yeah. But all three of them together, if you don't wake up, you're dead asleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, right. That's pretty good. That's Golly. amazing. My question is you know, you're doing all these side hustles. I mean, you just listed a ton of them, Travis, that you guys were doing. Were the people around you thinking, wow, these folks have lost their minds? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, but not the folks that you have with you today, right? No, um, so uh, in that process, uh, we were wanting some more cheerleaders, so uh, we actually started uh, coordinating FPU at our local church Nice uh, during that process, so uh, all of these people have actually been through that class with their parents and uh, my aunt, and then uh, even our smart Vester Pro, he wanted to join along in this, so uh, he come through too, but we have a team now. We have uh, yeah. several people in the church are with us. I love that. Wow. Love that. Start a class, and that'll create your own peer, peer mm-hmm. pressure group. Yeah. Make your own cheerleaders. If everybody's going to gripe about it, we're going to put some people around that aren't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good for That's you right. guys. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for coordinating the class. Absolutely. And when you're doing the class, you can't really not do the stuff. Yeah, it kind of exactly. like sets you up to be a hypocrite or be a performer, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> yeah, you got to get her done. So, wow. wow. And your house is paid for and you're 23 and 29. That's so crazy. I know. My mind so is blown. Awesome. And you're making 100 and, you know, make a, have the ability. You're probably not going to keep all those side jobs now, but yeah. no. <laughs> make over $100,000 a year and you're in your 20s and you got nothing to do but stack cash. What's the first big thing other than coming down here that you're going to do to celebrate? 
Well, um, we had, we're actually been in Nashville for this weekend. It's our fifth anniversary. Huh. So uh, we, we stayed through for a few days, but uh, we're, we're probably going to uh, upgrade the family vehicle. Mm-hmm. Few, there you go. Do a few uh, upgrades to the home. Okay. What's the side hustle that you couldn't wait to quit? Like that, that the first on the list got to go. I mean, I worked pretty hard doing all of them, but uh, I did electrical wiring. I would work my day engineering job, <clears throat> regular, you know, nine to five kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then in the evening, I would wire houses a lot. So I would work till 9, 10 p.m. And I'm I'm at home Oof. wondering what my little girl's doing. And she's home asleep by the time I get home. And wow. so that, you know, pushing through that. That's the first one to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was hard on you. It wasn't yeah. hard on her. She won't remember it. But but she will know her whole family tree got changed because her daddy wasn't hard wasn't afraid of hard work. I know that's right. Proud of you, man. Well done, you guys. You guys are heroes. You've set yourselves up to win forever. I'm so. Thank this you. is awesome. You're inspiring. It Very is. cool stuff. Hey, we've got the Live and Give bundle for you. Uh, the Baby Steps Millionaires book, Total Money Makeover book, Financial Peace University membership. You'll be able to give to those to some of the people you're leading, and uh, maybe enjoy the Baby Steps Millionaires book. When you're leading those classes. People ask, how do you get out of debt? What do you tell them the key is? So for me, ours are a little bit different. So um, I'm the spender and he is the saver. Mm -hmm. So for Mm -hmm. me, it was sticking to the budget, making sure you communicate and just really try to stay on track with it. The Every Dollar app was really helpful in tracking our expenses and get to our bank account. So that was the key for me (laughs) personally. Mm -hmm. And then the two of you using the Every Dollar app to work together. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she calls me the nerd. I, I embrace it. It's okay. <laughs> I like math. It's all right. So, I, I'm the nerd at my house, brother, so it's okay. So for me, um, you know, about about a year ago, last Christmas, our, Zach, our advisor, he recommended that uh, we could be uh, debt-free, including our house, come this Christmas. And we had a meeting with him that year, last year, and we, we were talking about it. And we thought it sounded crazy. We thought it sounded impossible. Yeah. And uh, kind of blew it off. And then the, going through Christmas, and we're thinking about it. I'm running some math, and you know, I'm putting the the, the debt total there, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to work it back. Saying, what would it take? What if we sold this? What if, what if we made just a little bit more? What if I picked up some engineering stuff to increase my my side income? So, mm-hmm. so we realized, well, with, with a few things, it, it actually is possible. So mm. I said, hey, I'm going to start doing engineering work two Saturdays a month. Mm. So I did that. We had to start doing that from January. So from January to August. We actually beat the timeline because you'll you'll find out as you start doing this you get more excited. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, so June, July, June, probably June and July, I worked every Saturday, um, and we we paid it off in August because we were so excited. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now you didn't do whenever you want. Mm-hmm. You work like no one else. Later you can work like no one else. Absolutely. <laughs> Way to go, you guys! You're amazing. Thank you. All right, Travis and Brianna, do you want to bring Eliana into the shot? Sure. Okay, bring yeah. her up here for the debt-free scream. They're from the Hopkinsville, Kentucky area. Seventy-eight thousand paid off in twenty in two years, twenty-four months, making seventy-two to one twenty-eight. The most side hustles I think I've ever heard. And Eliana's had her whole family tree changed and doesn't even know it. I love it. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, Three, two, two one. one. We're, We're debt free. Yeah. <laughs> well done, man. Hey, folks, our brand new event, Dave Ramsey's Investing Essentials, is almost here. Do not miss this chance to get the tools you need to build your investing plan and prepare for your dream retirement with confidence. It's happening 
May 21st and 22nd, and it's virtual, so you can tune in from anywhere. You can even submit your questions to get real answers in real time. Tickets are $199. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash events. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Adam is in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? question for you um how do we deplete our savings slash emergency fund to finish to pay off our mortgage or do you work on saving up uh while keeping that emergency fund there to to build up enough to make a, a final payment to your mortgage the second choice just go on and build up keep your emergency fund intact and go ahead and build up whatever that difference was what is it thirty thousand more that you need to pay off the mortgage yeah, our mortgage is thirty nine thousand right yeah. now at two and a half percent. Okay, to start so with, we much. shouldn't have an emergency slash savings fund. We should have an emergency okay. fund, and a savings okay. fund is a separate amount. How much is in your emergency fund? Not the savings. Tw- okay, well, we've got twenty thousand. We've got twenty thousand in in savings that I've been saying our emergency our four to six months. Okay, your three to six months year is represented by twenty thousand. Is there other money in that account? Uh, other money in addition to that twenty thousand? Yeah, yeah, yes. We've got a, a two thousand dollar emergency fund, um, and we've got a. My, I've got a pension with about twenty twenty eight thousand in it, uh, an IMRF pension, and my wife's SIRS pension is about two hundred fifty thousand. So we don't want to use any retirement funds, and I think you meant to say twenty thousand in the emergency instead of two thousand, right? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. We have twenty thousand in savings. And, Not and counting been, retirement I, is twenty thousand. All you got? Yes. Okay. Twenty and nope, twenty-two because we've got we've got a two thousand um, dollars as our um, you know emergency emergency fund. The one thousand dollar emergency fund. That no, you, the one thousand dollars goes away. One thousand dollars goes away when you're at baby step three, which is where you are. You're debt free, but you're home, right? Correct. Okay, so you're, you, we don't have a $1,000 emergency fund anymore. That Baby step one is just until you're out of debt, and you're out of debt okay. except your house. So now we have one emergency fund only that is should be three to six months of expenses. What's your household income? We're sitting at about 140000 Okay, then 20000 is probably your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you really don't yeah. have any extra to put on your, on your mortgage out of that. Correct. Okay. Yes, yes. Then no. You don't have anything extra to put on your mortgage. No, no, no. You are correct. You are correct. Yeah. Okay. So we're not we're not going to do anything extra on the mortgage because you don't use your emergency fund towards paying off your mortgage because it's not an emergency. Right. It's wise, okay. but it's not an emergency. People get tempted. Okay. People do get tempted to do that because they go, oh, I only have this much left, but it's a bad choice. Yeah. If you call me up and you said, okay, in savings. Right. Separate from the have, emergency fund. We have $80,000 of that 20000 mm-hmm. in savings, and I got 60000 extra yeah. above my emergency fund. Then I would say, yes, throw yeah. that towards the mortgage mm-hmm. and keep the twenty in the emergency fund. That's right. But um, it, it's a good idea to not – let's just talk about this. The reason I was being so specific with him is I learned a long time ago that people that have savings accounts don't save money because a savings account, if you don't have a system with it – becomes what's called a put-and-take account. You put it in and take, take it, it out. out. It's put just, it yeah. in and take it out. That's right. Until you put it in, it's a very large impulse account. Yeah. And so we put a bunch of money in there and we buy a bass boat. And mm-hmm. we put a bunch of money in there and we have an emergency. We put a mm-hmm. bunch of money in there and we buy a couch. 
We put a bunch of money in there and go on a cruise. Now, if you've got your debt paid off and you've got an emergency fund, then and you could have a you savings could, account. You can have a savings account, but it does, don't have a vague savings account ever. Yeah, yeah I It agree. has to, every dollar needs a name in your budget and every dollar in your savings needs a name. Yeah. I'm well, saving this amount for the couch, this amount for the cruise, this amount is for emergencies. I don't have any miscellaneous mm-hmm. impulse accounts. Because you, they will do that. They'll just, that's why, that's why I don't, you know, I have emergency savings account. No, you just have an emergency fund. Yeah. That's a, you know, I think that's something that Ramsey specific, we do differently. We say, you've got this money set aside. It's only for emergencies and that's it. It's not to, it's not a catch all is what no. you're saying. Yeah. And cause catch alls end up with nothing. That's right. People end up spending them all. Jacob is in Detroit. Hi, Jacob. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hey Dave, it's good to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, I was just wondering why you recommend uh, using mutual funds instead of index funds. Well, to start with, index funds are mutual funds. They're a type of mutual funds. Uh, And why I don't recommend using those exclusively is pretty simple. Um, There are about 40% of the mutual funds out there outperform the S&P. And the typical, when someone says index funds, are typically think, talking about an S&P 500 index fund. Are you? Yes. Among others, there's the Dow Jones, there's the NASDAQ, and others like that. But There's Russell. There's yes. a bunch of index funds. But 90% of the time when somebody calls me talking about index funds, they've been reading about Bogle and, mm-hmm. you know, Bogleheads and passive investing. And Warren Buffett's advice is just buy index funds, which is not bad, advice an index fund will perform at the stock market rate exactly i i own index funds i'm not against them uh but but i i do also own a whole bunch of mutual funds that outperform the s p and have over 30 years so that would be why i would do it does that make sense Yes, just the fear that I'm having, as you mentioned, the percentage of the mutual funds perform better than specifically index, and I, I want to be the guy that wins and not the guy that li- that gets lied to. Well, so you, what you do is you look at a track. The best shot you be, got is looking at a track record. The only reason you the only reason you depend on the index fund is looking at the track record. Mm-hmm. Right. If if we're looking at past performance to indicate future, it's the only thing you have to indicate future. I mean, if you have two funds and you know, when the commercials say that, Jacob, it's absolute bullcrap. Because think about it: how can you forecast the future of an investment other than by analyzing its past and any changes that have happened since that past performance? And the only way I can perform, you know, if I'm looking at a budgeted area inside my company, I use the last three years to establish the budget for the next year, plus or minus any changes that have happened since then right? That's called forecasting. And and to not use past performance as a primary indicator, if there are no changes, the only indicator of future performance is, is asinine. <laughs> it's the only way you could, for, how else would you forecast the future on it, Jacob? Well, we can look at the index funds and they always exactly track the market average. So exactly. You can use that as a hundred, but you're still looking at, you're looking indicator. at past performance. You're, that's what you're looking at when you're looking at that. And, and it'll always be true for index funds, just not other types of mutual funds. 
but you can look at other no, mutual. No, 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 no. That's not true, Jacob. Because indexes are composed of five. Like for instance, the five, the uh, the S and P five hundred. Okay, the components of the S and P five hundred have changed over the years. It's not the same companies. You know that, right? Right, but it's still the average, and, and it's still the average of the top five hundred companies. But it's not the same five hundred companies as it was in nineteen forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, or two thousand or two thousand ten. It's not the same five hundred companies, mm -hmm. and so to use the index fund a, and project that into the future as if there were no changes is ridiculous. It's the only thing you've got though, and say, okay, it is going to track the market. It is representative of the market. So the only question is, do I have a reason to believe that a mutual fund I'll give you an example, one of them that is the second largest mutual fund of all time right now in terms of number of assets, it has had an 85-year track record of outperforming the S&P. Well, crap, that's kind of a no-brainer, man. Yeah. You know? I mean, if it's got an eight-month track record of outperforming right. the S&P, fine. And, Jacob, if you buy S&P and, and you put 15% <clears throat> of your income in it, you're going to be rich. That's great. So I'm not going to be mad at you. But to to do it on the to to say don't recommend mutual funds because 40, 60 percent of them don't outperform the S and P and they don't. Bogle was right about that. Buffett is right about that. But I mean, I can find in the other four out of ten mutual funds out there that have a eighty five or a twenty five or a fifty year track record that outperform the S and P, and I'm going to end up making more money than you're going to make because the mutual funds make more money than you make. So, but it's okay. We're both going to be rich. I'm just going to be richer. That's all. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. John is starting off this hour in Chicago. Hey, John, how are you? Doing well. Good. What's up? Uh, so I was a sucker, and I bought a motorhome when I got a uh remote uh, job that paid a lot more and of course I traveled all all over the United States in the last couple of years but uh, I realized that um, I want to get out of debt I want to get away from that and of course I want to get rid of the motorhome and as that seems to be hard without you know just trying to sell it so I'm just seeing what my options are what do you owe on the mobile home uh, 70,000 and what's it worth uh, it's worth probably about uh, between 60 and 65. Okay, that's not too bad. you have any money? Uh, don't have much money. How much do you have? Uh, I have about 5000 that I could put towards it. So you could close the gap and sell it? Yeah, and, and that, that was my first initial thought, too. Um, I had thoughts about just letting go back to the bank, but I wasn't for sure what to do with that. No, you don't I would let it not go turn it the, in. No, no, no don't no, turn no, it no, in. No, no, no. Here, here's okay. the problem, okay? If it's worth 65 and you voluntarily repossess it, you're going to have a repossession on your record, number one. Oof. Number two, they're going to sell it for 40 on the repo lot, and they're going to sue you for the mm -hmm. difference. So you control the sale price, and you cover the difference. You'll get a lot more for it, and you won't have as much difference to cover or as much hassle. 
So now what mm-hmm. you've got is the hassle of selling a $65,000, $70,000 motorhome, which is a pain in the butt to do, but you can do it. Oh, definitely. You can do it. And it's a whole lot less of a pain in the butt than having a repo and having them chase you around for forty grand. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's a funny thing you say that because surrendering a car or turning it in sounds a lot better than repo, but really what it is is a repossession. Oh, it's a voluntary repossession. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, if they come and hook a wrecker and steal it in the middle of the night or you take it down there and hand them the keys, it shows exactly the same on your record. Mm-hmm. Both are a repossession. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one's voluntary and one's involuntary, but the credit report does not distinguish right. between the two. And uh, people ask, have you ever been repossessed? They don't ask, have you ever been voluntarily That's right. repossessed? <laughs> That's a very good point. Have you ever filed bankruptcy? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. Or no. It's not, there's not a, oh, well, sort of. There's not a middle <laughs> answer. You did or you didn't, yeah. right? And so that's that's the problem with this. And so, yeah, please, folks, sell your stuff and cover the difference with a loan. Mm-hmm. Sell your stuff and cover the difference with cash. Uh, control the price of the sale of something you're in the hole on that you're upside down on like an RV. I'm really shocked pleasantly, John, that that thing's worth as much as it is. You must have put a lot down on it to only owe 70 and yeah. it'd be worth 65 after you've driven it around all over the place. Well, hey, let me ask you a guidance question because some people might be wondering this that are listening. Let's say you've got, whether it's an RV or a vehicle, you're upside down and maybe you found the cash to fill the gap, but it requires you to do a personal sale. Like you're going to for sale by owner. Yeah, that's fine. But I guess the, the question I'm asking is, how long would you stay on sale by, for sale by owner before you would go to a dealership to sell it or you know go through a dealership? Well, here's the thing. If the data indicates from Kelly Blue Book that the car is worth $20,000 mm-hmm. and you put it on the market for $20,000 and it goes a month and you get zero nibbles, mm-hmm. the car's probably not worth $20,000. Yeah, drop it. Turns out KBB was probably wrong. Mm-hmm. So the car's probably 18000 Mm-hmm. So you're going to drop your price, uh, but the dealer's going to give you 15. Right. So we can do several series of price drops and until reset, you get to resets until you get down to dealer. And if the dealer will give you 15 and the public's going to give you 15, then I'll deal with then it. You know, it's mind. worth it. Yeah. You know, that's the real price. It's an easier transaction to do it with a dealer, but it's very seldom because dealers, if the car really won't sell for 20, mm-hmm. a dealer really doesn't want it for 15. Yeah, that's right. Because their job is to resell it and make the spread. Yeah. They're buying to inventory to make a profit on Mm -hmm. it. And so they're not evil. They're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. But they're buying at wholesale to sell at retail. And if you can't sell it at retail, they probably can't either. I think a lot of people avoid selling their own vehicle because they're thinking, oh, this is a hassle. This is is something I've never done before. You know, but we go do a side hustle and we make a thousand bucks or we can go through this hassle and save five thousand dollars. I agree. So, yeah, let's do the hassle. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's a, it's a nice part-time job to go sell your RV. <laughs> right, right. You, know, it's, um, <laughs> you set the you're hours. You make a lot more <laughs> on that than you will delivering pizza, I can That's tell you right. that. So, Caitlin is in Fargo. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? <laughs> um, so, I'm graduating this December with my master's debt-free, um, and I just kind of want to be wise about income that I'll be getting after I graduate. Congratulations. What's your master's in? Thank you. Yeah, and social work. Good for you. Okay. So, what will you be making? Um, hopefully, around sixty grand. It kind of just depends where I get a job, um, and I don't even know where to begin with investing. Okay. And you're 100% debt-free? I am. Yep. No car debt? 
Uh, nope, just paid off my car a few months ago. Okay. So, and you, you have an emergency fund? I do. Um, I currently don't have a job because I'm in college, so I'm using my emergency fund right now. So the first thing I need to do is build that back up. Okay. That's your first investment to do. And then after that, depending on where you're working, I'm gonna we're going to say do retirement plans. Uh, start putting 15% okay. of your income away for retirement. And uh, then I would start doing additional savings for purchase of your first home. Okay. Awesome. That's, That's pretty exciting. easy, pretty yeah. simple, right? There's not much to it. And you need to be on a budget and watching what you're doing. And um, if I were you, I would want to get a head start on the job search. Okay. Because six months from today, you want to be working there. Yes. Yeah. That's hopefully the goal. Yeah. So I, I'd want to know where there is and what they pay, okay. and I can start to do a little bit more planning that way. Mm -hmm. And you can find out how tough the hiring market is or isn't in that particular category between now and then. I, I'd want to be on that for sure. Absolutely. And you made a good point. There's always that question between do I save for a house first? Do I start investing first? Can I do them at the same time? That whole thing. So I got a feeling. I just had the feeling she's pretty careful. Yeah. She's debt-free, 100% yeah. education and everything. Mm-hmm. So she's probably a save for retirement and house at the I same so time too. person. And I, she's single, so she's probably got that extra ability to do that. Yeah, you can control extra that money. flow, too. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of difference. That's good. So. Very good. Fun. Fun, Debt-free good master's degree. I love that. Yeah, love it. Well, free, debt-free, debt-free. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, excellent. Good stuff. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen, your grad just spent roughly 4,320 hours in class, and we're guessing that nobody taught them how to win with money. But you can still set them up to win with gifts like the Total Money Makeover, Breaking Free from Broke, or Ken Coleman's Find the Work You're Wired to Do, which includes the Get Clear Career Assessment. And listen, these gifts could change the trajectory of their lives. And if it helps them earn, spend, save, or invest money the right way, you'll find it at RamseySolutions.com store. That's RamseySolutions.com store. Dr. John Deloney's book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, has now been out for one week. You can get it at anywhere great books are sold. It will be a number one, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. He is be a second number one when we get this, when we get the numbers in in a couple days here. And uh, in the meantime, you can pick it up at RamseySolutions.com. There are six daily choices to make to not eliminate anxiety from your life, but to greatly reduce it and deal with it properly when it does come your way. Everyone has anxiety about some things. Anxiety is a good thing. It keeps you from running into traffic. <laughs> right. And, uh, oops, yeah, yeah, oh, I have yeah. anxiety now. Yeah, well, don't run in traffic. You know, yeah. it's a good thing. So you have to prepare your life, build your life in such a way that you have a lower probability of living in it perpetually. And we've built such a crazy world that now uh, nearly half of the U.S. population reports their lives are affected by anxiety, stress, burnout. It's everywhere. Mm. Building a non-anxious life. Dr. John Deloney's brand new book, RamseySolutions.com. Anna is with us in Dallas. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Hi. What's up? So I do not need to get a car loan, but... I want to get one so that I could build a good credit line, and I was just wondering what you'd suggest. How old are you, Anna? I just turned 20. Okay. Why do you think it's important for you to build a good line of credit? What do you plan to do with that? Good credit score. 
I plan, I have somewhat of the credit score just from like, I have kept up with like credit cards and such. I only have two and my credit score is great, but I do plan on buying a house mm-hmm. so that I can rent it. Maybe a duplex or even building a duplex since I am in that industry. Mm-hmm. And I do plan on renting it out to people so that they can pay for the mortgage. Okay. What, what do you What do you do in the real estate industry? I am an architectural designer for a custom home builder. Okay. Very cool. Um, so all the talk about the credit score. So the ultimate use for you is you're wanting to buy a house. Um, we actually teach a way that you can buy a house without a credit score which is a safer Mm -hmm. way to deal with money in general because you're not having to enter into debt in order to do the things that you want to do. You're not having to put the risk Mm -hmm. of debt on your life and that stress in your life in order to do the things that you want to do. So I would say to you that if you have the money to buy a car in cash, buy the car in cash or save up until you Mm -hmm. can, the idea of building up a credit score. And when you really look at what a credit score is, it's simply how you interact with debt, how long you've had debt, how much debt you've had, uh, what percentage of debt that you're using. That's all that they're looking at. They're not looking to see if a person can actually manage the money that they have in their bank account, Mm -hmm. in their pocket. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So what would you recommend for someone, like in my instance, it's a smaller bank, so Mm -hmm. it's kind of personal-ish um, like what would you recommend because I know that I do plan on developing and then building my own spec homes yeah. in the future so I kind of want a relationship with them if not I would have to get in touch with some investors that so, I know of let's but talk about one let's talk about them? one goal at a time because right now you're like I want to do I want to do this I want to do that 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 and I love the idea that you have goals going towards the future but the first thought is your first thought is Ultimately, how can I get a, uh, the house that I want to get? That was your first question. And so my thing mm-hmm. is I'm going to teach you how to do it without a credit score. So I would contact Churchill Mortgage when the time comes. And get, let's, get, let's get that house and let's get you living in a house that you own mm-hmm. before we start talking about mm-hmm. doing a spec house at 20 years old. Right. First things first. Yes, sir. Okay. So I actually plan to live at home until I'm married, just to be more traditional because I do plan on getting married for mm-hmm. now. Don't plan on having any bills really okay. until like I get the car if I do it on a car loan. So I think that you should pay cash for the car. That's because thing you one. Don't, you understand you don't need a credit card to buy a house. You, you don't understand need it. that. You've been lied to. You yes. understand that. It's called manual under mm-hmm. underwriting. I did it. Dr. John yeah, Delone yeah. Deloney did it. Uh, George Campbell did it. We've all done it. So it's not just a theory. It's manual underwriting. And all they're doing, you're walking through a lot of the same processes. They're just looking at your actual money, uh, how much income you have coming in, as opposed to your debt. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. So if I'm you, I'm buying my car in cash simply because I need a car. And then if you have any other debt, I'm clearing it up. Go ahead while you're living with your parents, save up three to six months of expenses, not for your expenses at the moment, but what you think they will be once you move out of the house. So you've got that ready. Moving out of the house and living in an apartment will actually help you get the house. It will. That's right. And here's the thing. Because they're not going to count your income like you count it uh, because they're not going to count people that have zero expenses because that doesn't exist in the real world. And so, you know, go ahead and setting up your life as a young woman, independent woman, is not a bad thing. Um, it's not an immoral thing either, by the way. Um, but it does um, it does cost more money, and you'll have your own 
space, your own place. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's the direction I would go. Courtney is in Los Angeles. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, my question is, should we sell our home to purchase one that's bigger and has lower monthly payments, um, but my husband would have to commute about two hours to work? No. No way. He's going to hate that. Okay. He's going to hate you. <laughs> well, can I elaborate a little bit, if I may? You can, but I don't think you it's going to You can, but you're not talking me into commuting two hours. Not a chance well, I would I do that. He, Right. No, it wouldn't be an everyday thing. It would be, so he's in law enforcement, so he has chunks of days where he's working, where he could be staying with his mom, and then on his stretches Ugh. of days off, he would be commuting up to us. I don't like it. I'm just being honest okay. with you. You want a part-time husband? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of used to solo parenting with him being gone Honey, if you want to do it, you do it. You called and asked if we would do it. We were both unanimous in a no. What did he say? When you when you guys have talked about when you it, suggested what did he, he lives with his mother instead of you, so that you can get this house. What did he say? Um, I mean, he's he's open to it. He's very cautious. We've looked at the area and at the housing, and it, you know, everything looks good. But we're just doing a lot of thinking, a lot of praying. A lot I think of you're prioritizing on, the size of the house and the housing situation over the quality of your life of your family. And I think it's a bad choice. I'd agree with that. I agree. I mean, that's the way she framed it up. It's a bigger simple. house. In a lower payment. Mm -hmm. But I lose control of our family relationships. Yeah. They're all over the place. You've scatterbrained the whole place. Yeah, that's not, not a, a chance. Play. Not a chance. I live eight minutes from my house. And there's no one there but my wife and my dog. Mm -hmm. But I'm still going home in a few minutes. Wow. That would drive me bananas. I couldn't do it. In two hours, I can almost be in Knoxville, Tennessee. And is it two? Is it two? Is it two hours going and two yeah, hours coming she said home? A two hour commute. That's four hours. Oh no way! Yeah. There, life's too short for all that. Yeah, I mean, I understand in Los Angeles you're going to have longer commutes than we have in Nashville. Sure, we have a better quality of life than you do. That's right. But but it's just the same. Two hours is not. It's not. It's not sustainable no. in the in, in a relational context. No. For your kids, your kids need their dad. Mm -hmm. more than that and and more than they need their dad living with his mom part-time so you can have this house not a chance yeah i'm not no. doing it no 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 no. so it's um here, here's the other thing um if if both answers suck mm -hmm. you have you don't have enough options if the answer that, that two-hour commute sucks and staying where we are is super expensive yeah. sucks. There's always a third then there's, choice. You know, what's, the, what's another option? Yeah, there's and always another. A fourth option and a fifth option, a sixth option. Uh, maybe we don't live in that area of California at all. That's right. Maybe he takes a job in law enforcement in a different place uh, that is more affordable yeah. that we can live in. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe you don't make enough to live in that area. That's a fact. Uh, and so then you're forced into other decisions. People have done that for centuries. Oh, yeah. In the United States of America. Yeah, you It's don't what have causes to. people to move to other areas uh, all the time. Yeah. There's always a migration in this country, and it, a lot of it is driven by economics. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a possibility. But, yeah, those aren't the only two options in your life because both the options you gave me suck. You need more options. This is The Ramsey Show. I know you work hard for your money, and the key to keeping more of it in your pocket is by making a plan for your spending with a budget. 
And every dollar is the budgeting app that I use personally because it's perfect for looking every dollar you make in its little president face and telling it exactly where you want it to go. Just like you told that guy in traffic exactly where you wanted him to go. And even better, every dollar walks you through the entire budgeting journey so you always know your next right step. Download every dollar for free in the App Store or Google Play today. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Hey, if you like this show, we would appreciate some help. I want you to subscribe, click follow, click subscribe, depending on whether you're podcasting or you're YouTubing or you're listening on talk radio. Lock it in on your dial so you can bring it up again at this time of the day when your local station has us. Click subscribe, click follow. Also, share the show. Some of the services have a share button that you can push, and you can easily share the link and send that around. We'd love to have you do that. And, of course, the um, also leave a nice five-star review. Uh, and for those of you that didn't know, we are on, this show is broadcast on TBN as well. And, uh, Jade, I pulled up the TBN app the other day, and you and Rachel were on, and it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it really looks good. Y'all look great, and mm-hmm. the show looked great, and the quality of the delivery, it's uh, crystal clear. It's a cool. beautiful the set and everything. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how good we looked. It's yeah, cool. we, look, we look pretty good. It's nice stuff. <laughs> In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage, Mark and Haley are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi, great. Hey, Dave, how are you how doing? Are you? Better than we deserve. Welcome. Same. So where do you guys live? Upland, California. Cool. Now, where's Upland? It's about 30 miles east of L.A. Oh, okay. okay. All right, cool. cool. Well, welcome to Nashville. Good to have you. And all the way across the continental United States to do a debt-free scream. How much did you pay off? We paid off $474,000. I yes. love it. And how long did that take? About three and a half years. Good for you. Love it. I love it. And your range of income during that time? We started at 174 combined, and we ended at 296 Look wow. at that. Wow. What do you all do for a living? Uh, I'm a detective with a law enforcement uh, agency. Mm-hmm. And I work in accounting. Ah, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So what kind of debt was the 474000 We had uh, our mortgage. Yes. You paid off your house? We yes. Paid in freaking L.A.? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Come my on, gosh. somebody. <laughs> and the lady just called from L.A. Her husband's in law enforcement, and she wants to move two hours away. I know. And you just are sitting there shaking your head listening to that. You it's had to be. It's all in the overtime. I felt bad following that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah, with a success story of how not to do it. This yeah, is the right awesome. way. <laughs> way to go. What in the world? How long have you guys been married? Going on 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And yeah. what's this house worth? Uh, about a million. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Woo! Millionaires. So, How old are you two? 32 and 34. And you're millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, that's just with the house. We didn't even ask about your know, investments right? yet. Oh, yeah. man. Well, what but, are those? How much in the investments? About 200000 Way yeah. to go, guys. You guys. Way yeah. to go. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank How's you. it feel yeah. to have no payments in the world? Totally liberating. Yeah. 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 In California. In California. Mm-hmm. And that the house was about 390 of that. And then the rest, we also had a HELOC because we had an emergency HVAC replacement. Mm-hmm. And then two car loans and... Solar panels. Or solar panels. Oh, man. What happened three and a half years ago? What was the wake-up call? And how'd you get connected to us? So that all came from a friend of mine at work. He, uh, I remember someone told me, oh, you should talk to, to Vicente. He's paying off his house. And I 
thought someone had just spoke to me in a foreign language, so <laughs> <laughs> I had to figure out what was going on. So I picked his brain. He said, it's Dave Ramsey. I said, what is, what is that? <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah, I figured it was some magical Bitcoin or something that I could jump on. And uh, he said, no, it's just hard work and paying off your debt and having a budget. And I thought, oh, that doesn't sound like me. And uh, here we are three and a half years later doing so it. So he read That's the funny. total money makeover book. And then... Right. He pushed me to read it. It took me probably about a month and then I read it and then I was like, okay, I'm doing FPU. So I ran through that and then we were full steam ahead. Wow. Okay. So it goes from a friend recommending it, speaking in a foreign language. Mm -hmm. And uh, thinking Dave is a a cryptocurrency. (laughs) (laughs) That's the ultimate right there. I love it. That's perfect. And then uh, you, you get the book, both of you read it, some somewhat force fed. And then we go from that headlong into Financial Peace University. Wow. And you did that on your own? Mm-hmm. We did. Okay. All right. Very good. Congratulations, you Thank guys. Thank you. Well done. How does it feel to be completely free? You said it already. Liberating. 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 Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Still unreal. It still hasn't like fully hit me yet. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's kind of, I mean, at your age, you say, I'm a millionaire. That just, it, I, and well, I don't feel different. No. Yeah. You know, it's strange. I still just, I got to get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. It didn't change anything, you know. <laughs> it does so. have a nice ring to it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I love it. I love it. Well so done. during this three and a half years, did you, was this just taking extra income, you know, from your normal jobs and saying, hey, we're going to be intentional about paying this off? Or did you kind of put the pedal to the metal? Did you pick up any extra hours? He got promoted during the time. Um, and then because he got... A work vehicle we decided to sell his truck so mm-hmm. that was about fifth a little over fifty two thousand dollars and we just put that all towards the house because at that way at that point we had paid off everything mm-hmm. else oh wow and then he worked a ton of overtime wow yeah. yeah i think i averaged at minimum about 40 to 50 hours every two Ooh. weeks of overtime oh. wow and on top of his 80 hours on top of the 80. oh okay so yeah y'all went hard in the paint very yeah. much yeah. wow hardcore yeah. So what can you get paid an hour on overtime in that kind of situation? Um, so it's time and a half for us. And oh, it is. Oh, so it's not necessarily side work as an officer. It's correct. Not, not doing something for the local church or whatever, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's, it's you're actually overtime at the at the force. Yes. So ours wow. would be there and ours is more of like a medical transport for inmates that are in custody and take them to and from the hospital and back to the facility. Okay. Wow. And it's time and a half. Ooh, that's That's sweet. a lot. That's it's not bad. That's, that's, that's a serious side hustle. Yeah. Right there, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, wow. that adds up. It, and, and you got a goal and you're getting traction. So it, the weird thing is, is you're, you're tired, but you're not burnt. Right. And I think the snowball really gave us momentum. Mm-hmm. I think we started small and we progressed and we both felt that that momentum start. And it was like, hey, we got to get this done. We're already, this is in progress mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so close. It's at hand. So let's get it. Yeah. Wow. Let's finish it. Finish it. Finish it. I like it. Well done, you guys. I'm proud of you. Who was Thank cheering you, you on? I think each other. We were probably our biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. And DeSantis. Um, and DeSantis. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Is that his name? Is that what you called it? Which your work buddy? Your work oh, buddy. Oh, Vicente. Oh, Vicente. 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 There you go. <laughs> Not the governor of Florida. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm sorry. Completely screwed. Where did I get it? I got screwed up there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's like, what? DeSantis is his last He's name. He's like, yeah. what? I was running for president. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to just do a shout out to Vicente because honestly, I, I was... I give a lot of pushback and I did not want to go down this path. And he, every day he would come in, Hey, have you read the book? 
And I tell him, oh, no, not yet. I'm, I'm going to get to it. And in my head, I'm like, no way. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, about a month later, I decided, you know, I'm going to read this just to get this guy off my back. And uh, next thing you know, I'm reading it. And I just thought, this makes way too much sense. I don't understand how I didn't know any of this before now. Yeah, I think wow. you guys owe him a real nice steak dinner. Oh, yeah. I think so. You're millionaires because of this guy. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, because he wouldn't let up on his buddy. That's you know, right. that's good stuff. It's yeah. amazing. Very cool. I'm so proud of y'all. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? I think probably the budget is the big thing. Uh, you don't realize how much money you're spending until you put it down on paper, and then it's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then I think keeping each other motivated, keeping the angle in mind. Yeah. And, okay. uh, yeah, the little one right here. Just uh, thinking go ahead about and bring him future. in. What's his name? Mm-hmm. This is Rhodes. All right, Rhodes, Rhodes is gonna he's gonna scream with us for sure. That's right. We're not sure if it's debt free, but he's gonna scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on right. That's good. Good you. Good job, you guys. I'm proud of you guys. He's a little well done. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's fun. Wiggle worm. <laughs> Baby steps millionaires book, total money makeover book, and Financial Peace University. Maybe you can give it to one of your other fellow officers, and you can be to them what your friend was to you. Very good stuff. We're going to send all that with you. Congratulations. We're very proud of you guys. You changed that young man's life right there, and he doesn't even know it yet. His whole family tree's changed. His mom and dad are millionaires. Baby steps millionaires. Mark and Haley and Rose, Upland, California. 474,000 paid off in three and a half years, making 171 to 296. House and everything, and baby (laughs) steps millionaires in their 30s. Count it down. Let's hear a debt free scream. All right. Three, two, one. We're We're debt free. He'll be all right, I promise you. (laughs) This is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Luke 14, 11, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. A peacock that rests on his tail feathers is just another turkey. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Of course she would say that. Dolly Parton. Well done. <laughs> Gotta love Miss Dolly. All right, Marianne. It's it's like state law in Tennessee, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Marianne is with us in Richland, Washington. Hi, Marianne. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, my husband and I are in a bit of a disagreement. We wanted to find out how much we should have in our emergency fund as contract workers. Okay. Are you are you uh, freelance or do you contract that the contracts have extended time on them? Um, I work as a travel ultrasound tech. And how long is your contract? Thirteen weeks. They can be longer than that, though. Okay. And what is the probability of some kind of a renewal or stepping into another one? like a hundred percent right yes pretty high yeah that's why you're willing to do that rather than taking a job doing it right right okay what about him what's his contract uh well he's a welder so he travels with me and then just gets work in the area we're in and there's always a demand for welders is there not yes there is okay but his his is basically a bit work it's um Freelance side work, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, well, three to six months of expenses is what we always say. You would be on the six month of expenses side. What are your monthly expenses? Uh, just 
typical rent. No, how much? Groceries. How much money? Oh, uh, Does it take for you to operate rent, your house in a month? I would say four thousand. Okay, six times that. What What was the argument okay. about? Well, we're also still trying to pay off my student loans. No, you're not doing any. You have a thousand dollar emergency fund. Then you don't have three to six months okay. of expenses. One thousand dollars. Oh, I see. Does that okay. make sense? So even. It does. So even if we like need a deposit for our next rental when we move. Why would you need a deposit for when you move? You get your deposits back, do you not? Typically. We just started this this year. so Typically. The only reason you wouldn't get a deposit <laughs> back is if you didn't fulfill the, the terms of the lease. Okay, yes, I see. If you don't tear up the place and you abide by the lease, you get your deposit back, right? Yes. Yeah, so typically it would be, yeah, you will, period. Um, and so that's how you, you arrange your move. You, you don't sign a lease that's... I was that, going to say, are you... You don't sign you a six-month lease when you have a three-month contract, right? No, we're just month-to-month. Month. Yeah, okay. Good. So you'd get your deposit back. You give them 30 days notice, you don't tear up the place. And uh, boom, we're gone. So if you need to, um, you know, if you need to, if you're coming towards the end of a contract and you think you're going to be moving, you would put into your budget the deposits for the next place because you're going to have to cash flow those before the last place returns them to you. You're going to have a cash flow bind, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to ultimately be out of pocket that money. It's just for a short, you know, like you may be a month off. You follow me? Yes. Yeah. So you got to prepare for that. But um, how much is your student loan debt? Thirty-seven thousand. Cool. Yeah. So for you right now, you're in baby step one. You've got the getting in the thousand dollars saved, and then from now on until you get that thirty-seven thousand dollars paid off, you're listing your debt smallest to largest, and your student loan. Is it one loan or is it one loan broken to a lot of small pieces? Uh, broken to a lot of small ones. Yeah. So probably right now your minimum payment is satisfying the minimums of all those little loans. So you've got to make the minimum payment to satisfy those. And then whatever money you have left over, you're going to throw out the smallest of those little loans. And you've got to call in. You've got to call in and say, hey, I paid my minimum payment, but I've got this extra money here. I want it to go to this specific loan. Because if you don't do that, they're going to take that extra payment and they're going to divide it over all those little loans again, and you're going to wonder, well, what happened? I'm not seeing any of the loan balances change, so you've got to call in to do that. You have to make sure it goes on that one smallest loan. Yeah. When it's gone, it's going to change the. It's going to get the debt snowball rolling mm-hmm. for you. So, what's your household income, Marianne? Uh, this year it was one hundred and thirty thousand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you should be debt free in under a year. Yay! Way to go awesomeness thank you yeah way to go you're doing great yeah that's good yeah i'm not sure who won the argument but you're doing great (laughs) johnny is in cincinnati hey johnny what's up hey dave not much uh quick question for you about public service loan forgiveness and my current student debt situation and mortgage situation so i have 96 payments uh, on this public service loan forgiveness uh, with the goal being 120 mm-hmm. for the program. Um, I kind of had that plan for since I graduated in 2014. Didn't think too much about it. 
had a bunch of life changes take place, and now I have uh, almost enough to pay off the student loans, and I'm considering paying those off now instead of waiting for the public service loan forgiveness. Well, yeah. Yeah. Did you say you graduated in 2014? Correct. So this is nine, almost 10 years of just, well, maybe they'll do it. 10 years of your life. Yeah, pay them off. Yeah. Not to mention. Johnny, so here, here's the situation. that So far, 90, was it 97% of the loans that followed the student loan forgiveness program have not been forgiven. They've only forgiven less than 3%. And so if you have a 97% chance that your plan's not going to work. The reason I was son, I just told you three out of 100. Don't argue with this three out of 100. It works for you actually think you're one of those pay off your loan. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what what I'm thinking. What do you owe? What do you owe on it? 86,000. I'd write a check tomorrow, hon. I'd be free. Listen, you don't want to sit around and wait on your on the government to make your life awesome mm-hmm. because you're going to be waiting the rest of your life and you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. The secret to happiness is low expectations. Lower your expectations of what the government's going to do for you because it all amounts to nothing. Yeah, 10 and years so, making minimum payments. He yeah. could have been done seven years ago. Well, he's got the money now. Yeah. So at today, you know, either you're going to be sitting there 96 payments from now disappointed because you're not one of the three out of 100 that actually gets the forgiveness um, or you will have spent the net last 10 years building wealth because you got rid of this crap mm-hmm. by writing the check today. So the student loan forgiveness program is a scam. It's a lie. Anything that 97% of the people don't get what was promised to them is called a scam. Yeah. It's a lie. It's a government lie. Okay. Another one, Mm -hmm. just like the Biden student loan forgiveness was. It was a lie. Mm -hmm. He knew it was a lie. He knew the Supreme Court was going to throw it out, and he played it at the midterms anyway just to get people to vote for Democrats. It was a lie. We told you when he did it, it was a lie. I've told you this was a lie. So it's a lie. And the only Don't reason... fall for another government lie, Democrat or Republican. You can't wait on those morons to fix your life. Yeah. And the thing is, you're hearing a lot more about it lately. You know, you'll see somebody pop up. My student loan got forgiven. And they're doing these. It's a little pop up forgivenesses to try to keep people hanging on the line. It's, right. It's a lie. Yeah. When you actually look at the statistical evidence of the number of people who got rid of their student loans because of the government doing anything, yeah. it's almost zero. You guys. Yeah. Less than it's 3%. almost zero. Like, you know, one of my buddies said the other day, Biden forgave $9 billion yeah, out of $1.7 trillion on a plan that already existed. Exactly. It wasn't him. He just took credit for a plan that was in place before he was in office. Mm-hmm. Typical politis- politics yeah. moron. It, it's a lie. Yeah. God. All right. Hope I'm through now. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, 
go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.